Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Joshua, the official. Welcome, you guys and gals, out to the live Q&A with yours truly. I know, I know. It's been a long, long time. We had some family things occur, um, but God is still good. Um, but I hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well for those in the United States of America. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving for those outside of the U.S. and don't particularly celebrate Thanksgiving. I hope you uh, had a great week. Um, just want to give you guys an opportunity to come into the live Q&A. What's going on, Vanessa? What's going on, Marissa? Hope y'all all are doing exceptionally well. So I'm excited about these live Q&As. I haven't done them in a long time, but I want to make sure I give you guys some value. What's going on, Coach Still Slim Ram? Even the Mr. Now, I gained six pounds. My mom cooked this past weekend, and my mother-in-law uh, cooked this weekend, so I had a double portion. Not on the same day, so I gained about five or six pounds, but it could all, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. But for those who's watching live here on YouTube, want to welcome you all. For those who's watching later on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and uh, Spotify, want to welcome you all. Hope you guys all are doing exceptionally well. Feel free to comment. Feel free to share. And if you're new to my channel, my name is Joshua Ezzy, a.k.a. Coach Josh, a.k.a. Slim Rev. And my goal is to help you become spiritually mature for God's optimal use and to help you all make sense of your life. So if you feel like these resources have been a blessing to you after you watch this video, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell. If you all are followers uh, already, make sure you hit the notification bell because no man, no woman knows the hour when Coach Josh is going to do a live Q&A. But let's get right into the chat. And for those who's watching later, like, man, how do I get my question answered? Got to hit that notification bell so that you can be able to get the video when it drops and you can post your question in the queue. Uh, let's get, uh, Vanessa, thank you for watching. Marissa, what's going on? Nick Antoine, what's up, fam? Sabrina Lopez, hey, LaVita, Dakota, Doka, sorry about that. How, how you doing? Estella, how you doing, Marissa? Hey, hope you're doing well, too. All is well. All is well. Um, Jessica Reed, I lost my stepdad last night. Do you have any advice about grief and trusting that heaven is real? Uh, we lost one of our family members this week as well. And so this is very on, on, um, on course of what I'm facing and my wife is facing and her family is facing. And so to answer your question, um, heaven is a real place. That's the only, that, that that's the beautiful thing about being a believer. You have hope. Hope is 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 actual foundation. That's why your hope has to be in God. Because if your hope is in God and you have a relationship that's tangible, then it will give you the substance that you need. It will give you the security that you need that those who are believers of Christ, those who have been converted, those who are saved are going have gone home. Heaven is a real place. Just like Texas is real, just like California is real, just like New Zealand is real, just like South Africa is real, just like up the street from your home is real. Heaven is a real place. That death is a part of life and death is a transition um, for us to go from this place of work to a place of rest. Um, and that's and the, to encourage you about grief is to write down all of the great memories that you had of that person. Um, visualize through your own heart that that individual is in the presence of the Lord and and, and know that they're okay. Uh, there's no more pain. There's no more suffering for them. And it should motivate you um, to maximize your life. The best way to help you grieve and to grow from grief is to, is to embrace life 
embrace life and be productive with it. Uh, allowing death to be a motivator because death puts a lot of things in perspective. Um, when you seen someone at church or you seen like for your instance, your stepdad and you've been around them and then they're gone, um, um, that should put things in perspective for you and to help you progress productively in your own purpose, knowing that God is real, that heaven is real and that your stepfather is in a better place. Um, and, and I know it's difficult. It is not easy to lose someone close and, 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 and not know how to process. So, but you have to process it. You have to grieve, give yourself time to grieve. Do not hold your tears. Do not hold your pain, grieve, vent out the God process journal, uh, implement some new habits physically to make sure that your body doesn't break down with a broken heart. Uh, make sure that you get into the gym, make sure you change your diet, make sure you do the things that's going to supplement you as you grieve so that you won't be grounded out by grief. And all of a sudden now you brought on unnecessary diseases um, because of the grief. Now, don't get me wrong. Grieving is not easy. So you have to take the time to grieve, but make sure you supplement that grief with things that's going to help you uh, give your body, your, your, your soul and your spirit um, the, 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 the strength it needs to handle the grief. Because a lot of people, when grief comes, that's why you got to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You got to build yourself up in your body so that when tough times come, come your body, <clears throat> your mind, your spirit, your soul won't break because it wasn't built for that trauma or that situation. So right now, Anytime you grieve, make sure you grieve, but supplement that grief with things that's going to grow your spirit by getting into the word, journaling, talking to God. Uh, um, make sure that you write down good things your stepfather has told you about life and implement those things and also physically make yourself fit and pursue your purpose. That will kind of help you utilize this moment of tragedy, this moment of pain to be pushed into something productive, helping you um, to grow from it and not to be grounded out by it. Hope to help. So my prayers are with you, Jessica. Uh, we lost someone dear to us this week too. Um, so I know what you're going through. Um, it's more as she, she was close to me, but she's more close to my wife. And so uh, it's, but, but we know who, who God is. We know he's real. We know heaven's a real place. So hope that helped anyone who's grieving the loss of a loved one. Now I could go deeper, but I think that four minutes or so was was good enough advice, I believe, to help you all process through. Lizzie Lewis says, hi, how do you heal from being cheated on? Good question. Um, something I've experienced in my life as well. But but one thing that I had to realize, but that was when I was young. But I mean, the best advice I can give someone that has been cheated on is to real realize that um, the actions of another person should not dictate, dictate your value. The actions of another person should not dictate your value. You have to understand that a lot of people, all of us are flawed. All of us, not all of us, but a lot of us are flawed. But uh, uh, what I mean by flawed, all of us are flawed, but not all of us are fickle and fake. You see what I'm saying? What you have to understand is that people cheat not because of who you are per se. They cheat because of their own issues. Usually when people cheat on somebody else that's good for them, they're cheating on themselves. <clears throat> they're hurting themselves. So the advice that I would give you, Lizzie, is to realize that your value cannot be in the actions of another person. Your value cannot be determined by who 
did what in your life. Your value has to be dictated by what was done for you through Jesus. Because when you understand the value comes from God, it doesn't matter what a person does in your life or away from your life, your value stays intact. That's what helps me navigate life. It doesn't matter who leaves or who comes, who goes. As long as I know Jesus is a present help and I know that Jesus is true to who he is in my life, people, it may hurt you, it may sting, but it won't it won't knock you out. You see what I'm saying? So the practical things to help you overcome the feelings of being cheated on. Number one, you have to go and get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down uh, what makes you fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Write down all the things that's special about you, unique about you, God-given about you, right? And I want you to write down those things because I need you to see those things visually every single day. Uh, uh, and also with that, what I want you to write down, write down all the things that makes you unique, things that makes you special, make things that makes you uh, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I also want you to write down, give me about five or seven scriptures that talks about God's view of you, uh, uh, that you fearfully and wonderfully made, that when you was under your mother's womb, he knew you. I want you to write down scriptures that, um, that really encourages you in regards to your value and self-worth, you can go to openbible.info's resource that I use, type in self-worth, self-esteem, and you'll get a long list of scriptures pertaining to whatever topic. And I want you to write those scriptures down on that same sheet of paper. You can get a you can get a scrapbook, you can get uh, make it, you can uh, print it out, you can do whatever you want. But I need you to have a visual every day of what makes you fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Number two, I want you to write down scriptures that will uh, help you understand your value in the eyes of God and your self-esteem. And thirdly, I want you to write down things that you learned from the relationship. <clears throat> write down things like, did I overly idolize this individual? What was the red flags that was obvious, but I overlooked? Uh, what, what what are some insecurities in my heart that allowed me to be up under this individual? What part did, not, not what part did I play, but what part did I play, um, not in it being cheated on, but what part did I play in putting myself in this situation? And when you begin to process that, you will understand, Lizzie, that life is about wins and lessons, not wins and losses. You have to understand that most people cheat on other people because they don't have control or self-control over themselves mentally, emotionally, and physically. And usually they they thought that you was enough for them, but because they were caught up in whatever it is, vain, a vanity, or lust, they no longer saw you as valuable. So therefore they left you for somebody else. But just because someone makes a decision like that doesn't uh, determine your value because you're priceless. And when you begin to process those different things, you would be, God, I'm so glad that this happened because now I really see myself the way you see me. Now I have increased in value. I have increased in security of who I am in Christ. And if that person chooses to come back, you have to make sure you're strong enough to welcome them back because they should have understood your value in a first place instead of leaving you in the first place to real like i say this quote all the time a million dollar painting a million dollar painting is a million is worth a million dollar painting is worth a million dollars even if it's been overlooked a million times just because someone can't see value just because they didn't see value don't allow your value to sink because they didn't see value hope that helped People going to cheat on you. People going to abandon you. This world is flawed, fickle, and, 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 and it's got issues. But as long as you know who you are in Christ, as long as you know that you can learn from the situation, you can blossom and grow from it. Like, I went through some stuff just like you back when I was in high school and college. But look where I'm at now. And it's no indicative of the individual. It's just saying you got to just move on. You got to progress. You got to get productive. You got to increase your value because the one that God has for you won't do you the same way. Hope to help. <clears throat>
Laura Farmer says, missed you on here. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. What well, we did, we did to the best of our ability. But thank you, Laura, for that. God bless y'all. Hope your Thanksgiving was well as well. I'm back because uh, I want to make sure I give you guys some more value. Vanessa says, can you tell me how to pray for my future husband? Sure. Um, I gave this advice maybe a few videos back that I, I don't want... I don't I don't think it's wise and it's just my opinion, but I don't think it's wise for the 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 constant prayer of a future husband. I think prayer needs to be opened for for more things as pertaining to now. Now, what, uh, everything even to prayer and conversation with God should be initiated by the spirit to a degree. And what I mean by that is if the Holy Spirit says pray for your future husband, then you pray for him. If you find it in your heart where you feel a, a burden or a nudge to pray for your future to pray. But what I don't want to happen, well, not, not, I can't say it like that because I, I can't run your mind or life, <clears throat> is that I don't think it's wise for you to constantly pray for a person because sometimes when we continue to pray for a person, that person gets puffed up in our mind and we can we can cause a, a, a gracious, a gifting, a, 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 a blessed moment of prayer could be out of pride, could be out of insecurity, could be birthed out of loneliness versus allowing that prayer time to be used to pray for those in your family now, um, to be an intercessor, to stand in the gap for someone, uh, for spiritual warfare, um, those kind of things. So what, there's nothing wrong with praying for your husband, but make sure that everything is, when it comes to that, be led by the spirit of God, because you don't want to get so consumed with praying for a future husband or a future wife, that that's all, that's 90% of your prayers. And your prayers are now birthed out of pain, longing, loneliness, and then all of a sudden now those prayers are disguised, those, those those idolatrous prayers are disguised into something that should have been used for something else. And so but if you feel the unction to pray for your future husband, um, just just if the, the Holy Spirit will lead you, what you should occupy your time now is to ask God how to prepare yourself for this man of God that God has for you. If you because when you pray for your husband, God's got him. You know what I'm saying? God is sustaining him. God has some, maybe a handful of people praying for him for, for whatever he's going through. Um, but in the meantime, prayer should be, God, in what ways can I uh, prepare myself, uh, uh, um, build myself, develop myself to be ready. Uh, but practically praying for a future spouse is cool when it's unctioned, when I believe unctioned by the Holy Spirit, uh, because there's dangers in that, because if we're really honest, sometimes we just praying that they hurry up and get here versus praying the Lord's will for them. So a positive way is, Lord, I pray uh, for his strength. I pray for his protection. I pray that your will for him will be manifested. I pray for uh, uh, your timing to be perfected and then move on when you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. But <clears throat> that's just some wisdom tips. However, the Holy Spirit leads you. That's cool because this could just be my advice. You see what I'm saying? So however, the Holy Spirit leads you. Cool. But make sure you always consult your heart because sometimes we pray for things in the future out of lust, out of pride, out of vanity, more so than out of purity of heart. I'm not saying that's you, but we have to be careful because sometimes we'll we'll start with a good heart and then life happens and then loneliness sets in. And then now we're praying out of, about a, out of idolatry, if that makes sense. Hope to help. Hey, what's up, Nicole from Atlanta? What's going on? Oh, scroll, 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 scroll. Here we go. Uh, uh oh, lost my spot. <clears throat> hey, from Atlanta. Hey, hey. 
Y'all talking. Sorry for your loss, Jessica. I pray peace. Yeah, let's pray. Make sure the peace of God. See, let me tell you something. When you lose something or someone valuable, it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that sustains you, period. Only the Holy Spirit can sustain you while you're grieving. So you have to make sure that you get locked in with him because without the Holy Spirit's help as a comforter, you're going to be crushed by, by life. You see what I'm saying? Oh, and Lizzie says, and how oh, happy holidays, you too, Rodeo Jordan, and gaining trust again from being cheated on. Good, good, good. Now, how to build your trust? Um, <clears throat> your trust, your trust has to be ultimately God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's Proverbs 3, 3 through 5, I believe. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's key. I have to trust in the Lord. Now, what does that mean? I'm gonna break this down because this is teaching purposes. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. Break that down. Trust means that I put my whole life in the Lord. Notice it doesn't say trust in the Savior. It says trust in the Lord. You've all, for those who've been converted, you've already been, you've already been saved. Now we are welcoming the Lordship of Jesus in our life, trusting that he is in control, trusting that he is full, fully responsible and caring for every crumb of our lives, every part of our lives. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. That's a process. We have to be proactively, uh, 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 aggressively uh, 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 doing what we can through the help of the Holy Ghost, endeavoring to trust with our all heart. And life, life, when it tests you, will show you where you trust. When life tests you, your life will test you to see where your trust is in. When when you lose a loved one, when when transitions happen, when life happens, your response, your continuous response proves where your trust is. Now, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be disappointed. But just like when the Bible says it's okay to be angry, but to not sin from is the same with sadness. Uh, sadness, when it's when you allow sadness to settle for too long, it bursts into depression. You see what I'm saying? And when depression is there, every <clears throat> potential deadly work can be possible in that person's life. So, Trusting with all my heart, leaning not into my understanding. So what I'm, what that means is I have to lean on something that's sturdy, more sturdy than my understanding. There's things in our mind that make sense that that like the devil will try to tempt you mentally and saying, well, well, since I since you were cheated on, all men are the same way. It reminds me of Elijah, Elisha, Elijah, I believe. Um, um, when he was crying out to God about he's the only one and God told him, I got 5,000 other prophets that ain't bowed down to Baal. Just because the men within your life or the men that you've heard other women talk about or the men that you may have experienced were cheaters. God said, man, I got 50,000 men who ain't bowed down to their lust, <clears throat> who haven't bowed down to cheating. So, so what you have to understand, you cannot get allow yourself to be leaning into your understandings and to thinking that that will 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 any man be faithful to me? What, now, different. There's a difference between being perfect um, and progressive. But there are certain things that should not even be in a, in the the makeup of a of a man, which is cheating and all that kind of stuff. But but we you what you cannot also do is a, is allow your mind to produce a perfection. Uh, uh, individual into thinking that that uh, that I'm gonna get this perfect man. Now this man may not cheat on you, but this man is a man. He's human. So the Holy Spirit will help you find the balance and perspective where you can lean on the Word of God and lean on the Holy Spirit's work in your life, so that you don't formulate a, a, a under a opinions that you stand under, believing that these worldviews are 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 paramount. You see what I'm saying? So. 
you gain trust by putting your trust in God and trusting that whoever he sends into your life will be, will be, I wouldn't say sturdy enough, <clears throat> will be, will, but will be sturdy because they're supported by him. You see what I'm saying? See, I don't, I don't, my full trust can't be in my wife or I'm going to be disappointed. My full trust is in God, but God gave me in human hands, uh, in human body, a wife that can support me because she's supported by Christ. I support her because I'm supported by Christ. And there's confirm, there's a confirming trail that proves that she was sent by God for me, which gives me confidence in the, the one that, 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 that sent her in my life. So what happens then is that your trust will begin to build, not in people, but in God. And then you will begin to, uh, what, what you can do from this experience is to utilize this experience to help deepen your discernment, to slow you down, to pace yourself, to look at your heart, to examine why you were so quick to get in it or whatever, so that you can now say, you know what? When a man approaches you, you have the poise and the contentment in God that you need to say, you know what? Who sent you? Holy Spirit, show me if this is the right one. I trust you so much, Holy Spirit, because I'm trusting in you now. But if you say no, I'm done with him. This is the time where you allow the Holy Spirit to heal you from all resentment, heal you from all <clears throat> vain imaginations, vain thoughts, and to heal you from loneliness, the potential, uh, prepare you for the potential temptations of loneliness, uh, desire for love, or self-hate, or am I ugly? Am I uh, um, pretty enough? And it's what happens when cheating happens to other people. When cheating occurs, comparison is inevitable. So when cheating happens, now all of a sudden a person is by default to some degree, because they're human, are going to compare themselves to the person that that person cheated them on with. And you have to understand, you got you to allow the Holy Spirit out to even cause you to compare yourself to the other woman because it's not about the other woman. It's about the flawness in that man. And, and if that other woman got whatever she got, that's cool. If she's dumb enough to get with that man, then she's not even worth you comp making a comparison. So you have to be careful that you don't get caught up in, uh, uh, well, he cheated on me with her. Is it because she got bigger this? Is it because she's pretty in that area? Don't even worry about her. Let let them let them be foolish together while you build yourself up in your most holy faith, producing fruit accordingly and going uh, uh, forward into your purpose in Christ. Hope that helped. And the Bible says, lean on to understand this when all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. <clears throat> This is only don't make this temporary moment of pain permanent. Be productive to ensure that you grow from this moment. Hope to help. Alana says, hi, coach. Does God reserve our future husband or wife? What happens to God's plan when people don't follow through and marry someone else? Um, you got to understand um, that that God knows your ending from your beginning. Before your beginning. So he already knew who wasn't going to fulfill his will. Therefore, the person that fulfilled his will for y'all too was the one he had for you originally. So many so, so many of us, when we think about God, we look at the things of God from our vantage point. So from the earth, from earth's vantage point, we think that, but what if, but what if this person to fulfill the will of God? Does God have a backup plan? God doesn't have a backup plan because if God has a backup plan, he's not all knowing. Why would God have a backup plan? You could tell you never had a backup plan because 
because before the foundation of the world, Jesus was slain. You see what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> so even before he even created Adam and Eve, he already knew he had a redemptive plan because he already knew Adam and Eve was going to fall because he needed a world like this to ensure that free will flourishes and that people can make a choice for him. Because we know for a fact that that you cannot protect um, um, people and, and make them do what they want to do. Because then you won't be able to determine if that person's feelings towards you is valid. You see what I'm saying? So God already knew before the foundation of the world, Jesus was slain. This was already in God's plan. So God doesn't have backup plans. We have to look at everything in life from his vantage point, not from our vantage point. Because worlds, uh, a human sense or human thought patterns will think, well, but what if this person marries her? Then I'm left out. No. God don't have no backup plans. Even, even when you mess up, he knew your messes before you even messed up and already had a cleanup for the mess up before it messed up. You see what I'm saying? So don't even worry about <clears throat> um, God's plan. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like people can jack up whatever, but God already knew he was going to jack it up. So it's life. You see what I'm saying? But uh, when it comes to a, a husband or a wife, there's no, there's no need for you to worry. That's why the Bible says, trust him with all your heart. Lean not to understanding. Man's understanding would think that then you start getting into what well, I got to make it happen so I can make sure I have it. No, you don't got to make it happen. You just got to trust God with it. That that I look back in my life. I, my wife and I was in the same city in middle school and didn't even know it. Um, there was uh, uh, she visited my church when I was young, you know. Like, so you like it, there was there was moments where. We look back and be like only God orchestrated this before the foundation, before we was even formed in our mother's room. So, so that helps me in my life. That when I have kids, when I have grandkids, when purpose comes, it causes me to rest because He's rested. Why be restless when our God isn't? And so I had to trust that He is good at what He's doing, even if men mess up, because a man's mess up can mess up the plans of God. Hope that encouraged you. So whoever marries somebody else, the one that God has, if you stay in his will and you stay trusting in him, it'll come together in this perfect time. Now, if you go out there in discontentment and you want to go do what you want to do and you want to go and make things complicated, then that's the decisions you have to make. But when you trust him, trust and believe that whoever, whatever he has for you will find you in this perfect time. <clears throat> hope to help. Great question. Hey, coach, hope all is well. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too. Okay. So how do you find a good church home? Great question. What do you think about online fellowship churches? Good question, Tori J. Everything must boil down to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. My goal as a preacher, my goal as a teacher, my goal as an ambassador of the kingdom of God is to make sure that you all are equipped with tools and to ensure that y'all are in a constant engaging, an engagement with the Holy Spirit to help you with the nuances. You see what I'm saying? Now, to answer your question specifically, um, you find a good home church by making sure your home is good. Um, you'll find a good home church when you, when you and God are settled in your home. And what I mean by that is you cannot, you can't shop for a church like you shop for a blouse. You can't shop for a church like you shop for clothes or shoes. You can't shop for a church like you shop for a gym. You can't. You just can't. It doesn't matter because you'll be looking for amenities. And when you've been looking for amenities and not for the anointing, 
then none of your yokes will be destroyed. You see what I'm saying? So what you have to understand is, is that everything when it comes to the building of the building you up has to be uh, uh, um, initiated by the Holy Ghost. Period. Because many people select churches based off amenities. They have this, they have that, they have this, they have that, but they don't have enough substance in them from their home worship to be able to select their church of worship. You see what I'm saying? And so when you understand that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then you through your fellowship with the Holy Spirit at home you will build a sensitivity that you need and the Holy Spirit will then lead you to what church to go to. Do not select the church just because. You select the church because of him, because the Holy Spirit will submit you into a body of believers with gifting set in place for the edifying, for the building up of you to help you grow and being equipped for the work of God, period, the work of God, right? You have to understand that there's false churches and there's churches that are for real, and the Holy Spirit will set you up with that, but you have to go to him first, because I cannot just say... <clears throat> Oh, just go try a bunch of churches. No, you can't do that because there's a lot of the Bible says there are false teachers amongst you. There are people out there right now. They ain't of God. Come on now. Let's be realistic. If you name 10 pastors right now that are famous, I bet you 80 percent of my wolves. I bet you 80 percent of my wolves. See, I've been in this game a long time to be able to discern who's a false prophet, false teacher. That's when the Holy Spirit will help you so that you won't submit yourself to people who uh, are teaching falsely. I'm going to do a video uh, soon. I got the notes right here. Uh, no, they ain't the notes for the false teaching. But <clears throat> I'm going to talk about that a little bit more because a lot of people are not able to discern false teachers. And, and, and people are like, well, it sounds good, cool. But in order to kill a mice, you got to make sure there's at least 1% of poison in it. And whatever it is, because if, if it's 50% poison, you can smell the poison a mile away. So what they do is they're going to give you 98% truth, but it's that 2% that kills you. That it's, It only takes a small shift to cause a huge wedge over time between you and God. So to answer your question specifically, how do you find a good home church? Make sure that you have a good home church at home between you and the Holy Spirit. And it's okay. If you don't have a pastor or a church right now, I'd rather for you to read your word at home and chill, right? Until the Holy Spirit opens the door for you to go to find you a, a good church for you to be submitted to. And you have to understand that no church is perfect, but you have to go where you're sent, right? Now, when it comes to online fellowship churches, um, pros and cons. I mean, the pro is you get to watch it at home. You, you don't necessarily have to go to Bedside Baptist anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um the cons is you have to make sure that you are still led in that area too. Simple as that. Because the, con con the, the convenience of it will cause comfort and may cause complacency. And it may not even want, it may not even, <laughs> you may not even want to find a, a, a fellowship of believers, right? But, but even with videos, I think what I would advise you to do is don't even worry about watching nobody for right now. Until, uh, not until, based upon the, Lord, Holy, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I think you should take some time just to read the word for yourself. Now, where do you start? I would suggest that you do a gospel a month and a proverb a day. Get you a journal. And I just want you to fellowship with the Holy Spirit like the kids do at my school. Um, in the beginning, I used to wonder why kids always want me to read to them. And the Holy Spirit say, Josh, the reason why they want you to read to them is not because they want to hear you read the words off the page. They want your company. And he said, you should come to me the same way.
And that's why I don't listen to people online. Like I listen to a lot of apologetic stuff to sharpen my apologetic blade, but I don't listen to a lot of preachers. The only preacher I really listen to is the preacher that I'm submitted on. And that's my pastor, Pastor Robin Gould. And that's it. And I don't even have a hunger to listen to anybody else because, because I eat from the master chef. I don't got to listen to these preachers. I get, I get my food from the master chef. So there's no hunger and thirst for no, these preachers out here. They can't do it for me. You see what I'm saying? There's a reason why God wants me to be fed through the pastor that I'm submitted to because I'm being groomed by him for deeper ministry, right? But when it comes to these other people, man, they can't do nothing for me. And they can't do nothing for me because he did it all for me. Um, and so when you understand what a church is there for, a church is not there to solely feed you. They're there to, to lead you into a place of feeding yourself making room for other people to be groomed and to grow as well. Hope to help. <clears throat> Hello from Jamaica. Thank you for watching. Chris Stop says, I am trying to overcome a stronghold. How long does it take? Any advice? Good question. I got one of my books here. Um, the Purpose of Freedom, a book on soul ties and strongholds. It goes into detail. And to answer your question specifically, it all boils down to the significance of the stronghold. And what I mean by that is this. Um, if your stronghold is a small plant, it's not going to be hard to pluck it up because it may have, it may, it may just have, it may just be in tie form. It may just be in, it's just a soul tie, a light tie. So when you're lightly tied to something, you could break it, but you have to be very careful because oftentimes many of us are tied like a horse to a lawn chair or to one of those plastic chairs. You've seen that meme of the horse that's tied to a chair. That horse was bound for so long that they're mentally are they're mentally weakened to the point where they don't want to even try, but they're tied to something so light and small, right? So it base it all boils down to what happened to you. Now, it, what happened to you, when it happened to you, and who who caused the happening. You see what I'm saying? So let's start with the who. Who who did who caused you to have this stronghold? Or what opened this stronghold in the first place? If it's a person, um, the route for you to be healed from this is to examine your, your willingness to forgive them. If it's a person that caused the harm, whether it's you or someone else, forgiveness has to happen. And that's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that renews your mind to see the reason why you should forgive. Right? Now, if it's a situation that happened to you, then you got to say, okay, what happened in that situation? You got to look at that room. What happened? Was it pornography? Was it sex? Was it molestation? Was it rape? Was it was it abandonment? Was it rejection? What was it? Uh, because a lot of us, the reason why we're so strongly tied to things is because those things happened to us during our formative years. It happened to us when we was we, we, we was too vulnerable and too immature to, to, to figure it out, right? So you got to say, okay, is it rejection? Is it abandonment? Is it lust? Is it, is it, uh, whatever? Is it self hate? Is it self? You got to find the roots of, you got to find the conception of it because when you find the conception of it, you can break the cycles of it, right? But only Christ can help you through his spirit to find it. So just get this book, man. It's on my website. You go to Amazon right now, Joshua Ezzy. The purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties and break strongholds. And then let the word of God and the prayers in that book help you begin to process your situation and your stronghold. Um, 
and and it is not I'm not sitting there saying it's easy to do, but it becomes easier as your mind is at ease through the renewal process of the Holy Spirit. And you'll be able to see I'm like the horse tied to a lawn chair. I'm like the elephant tied to a small stake through Christ. I'm stronger than this. And all of a sudden it'll break off. Easier said than done, of course. But if you do what the word of God says, it'll get done. I'm trying. They got to make sure that when you're trying, you got to make sure that you're not trying. You got to do it. Trying means I've tried. Now, have you tried the way God wants you to try? You know what I'm saying? Like when the disciples out there on the fish boat, they said that they was toiling all night. And Jesus said, no, casting that again. And Peter was like, yo, man, we've been out here all day. Jesus like, no, cast it again. But in that, in doing what he tells you to do, blessings occur. So my advice to you is um, who, what, when, where. Go through, get a sheet of paper, write down those things. Who was involved? What was involved? When did it, when did it happen? Where did it happen? And to what extent? That's the key point. To what extent was is the pain? To that to answer that to what extent part, put one scale of one to ten. How significant is this stronghold? What are the elements of it? And then the Holy Spirit, once you put things on paper with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you into seeing this is why I I am the way I am. Then repentance and forgiveness will occur. The Holy Spirit will then lead you to repent. It will then lead you to forgive. And then he will lead you into a deeper mind renewal of that through his word and through his help. And then you will begin to find yourself strengthened to overcome it. Hope to help. So make sure you go back into about the 30 second, 32 minute marker and kind of go through those points again because I forgot what I said. And those things will be able to help you. I pray, I pray they will. Um, hey coach, what's going on? If we have a passion for creating and designing things like clothing, music, or apps, or things in general, how do we know if these things are a part of our purpose or not? Great question. Like I say, you hear this like I'm like I'm beating like a drum. The fellowship. Your fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God will guide you, will determine how, how well you will be guided, how quick you are willing you are to be guided by him, right? <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to be creative. And I don't even want to call creatives as if it's a select group of people. All of us are creative because we were created by creative God. Creativity may not be as vibrant and vivid as others. It may be systems and uh, bolts and jolts and and uh, logistics and systems, but that's still creativity. Like I'm more of a in between. I'm I'm weird, man. I love music. I love art, but I'm a logistics person. I I, I like. I wasn't gifted at singing. I wasn't gifted um, at in, in music or musicians, but. I can put a good concert together. You know what I'm saying? I, I can make sure that people can come together, have a great time. I, I was good at that from college. You know what I'm saying? I was able to find artists, people trusted, and bam, 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 things happen, right? But what I realized was is that in order for my creativity to remain pure, my heart must be pure. If my heart is pure, what I create will be pure, and my motives for for what I'm creating will be pure as well, right? So if we have a passion for creating and designing things like clothing, music, or apps, or things in general. How do we know if these things are a part of our purpose? <clears throat> it all boils down to, it's nothing wrong with creating and designing those things, but it must be birthed from a burden. 
Your burden will lead you. Your burden will, will determine what you build and how you build it, right? So <clears throat> let me give you an example of my life. Um, uh, since May 1st, 2008, my first concert that God uh, uh, graced me to put together, right? We, I brought, um, oh, it was beautiful, man. You can go on my website right now. You can see pictures and uh, video footage of it. But um, that was over 12, about 10, 11 years ago. But um, we had a rock band there. We had a, a pop you know, my brother, Justin and Adam, we had uh, Paul Doherty. We had a lot of uh, we had uh, mimes people there. We had poets there and we bust in 100 so kids. Right. <clears throat> so at that point, I thought I was going to be some like what they do now. Uh, like they'll have musician and here comes a preacher in the middle of it. And then there's probably some more music, whatever. So I thought that was. That was it. But then I realized that was just a part of what I do. Right. See, there's parts to you, but those parts, the Holy Spirit would determine when those things are meant to be uh, put out. See, so right now I'm in a season of developing resources. I'm uh, do I do I do I do I feel like I'm still going to be able to do those things one day? Maybe, possibly based on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I might. Your fellowship with the Holy Spirit would determine what you put out. When I was younger, I was just putting out everything. Let's get it. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Let's do it big. And then as I got wiser, I realized that not all good ideas are meant for right now because it, some ideas are too big for the people to digest right now. So the Holy Spirit will help you determine the poise and the pace and the perspective to be able to determine what I should be uh, dedicating my time to. So, uh, and, and then you will see that most of the things that you were created, cre was, was, uh, created to create was created for seasons. Now, I can't get mad at God if God says, that was it, Josh. You're never going to do a concert again. You're never going to do that again. But that was a part of my purpose for that period of time. See what I'm saying? And so as you grow, things get more mature, things get more whatever. Will I do it again? Cool. But I can't, I cannot be a prisoner of nostalgia. See what I'm saying? I can't be a prisoner of the past move of God. I got to keep moving with God and be okay if God never uses me to move in that way again. So the Holy Spirit will help you to determine um, um, what's according to your purpose. And most of your, a lot of your, all of our purposes to a degree are reserved for a period of time in, in a lot of cases. And that has to be, you have to be okay with that. So um, how do you know if it's the will of God? It all boils down to your fellowship with God, because then you will go with the flow of God and then you will, then you will be able to build according to the will of God. It all boils down to that, man. It, I cannot I cannot give you the five steps <clears throat> in how to be creative until you really commune with the created one, the create the creator himself. The nuances would then become clear. You see what I'm saying? The nuances will be well, you'll be able to say, Oh, okay, well, this makes sense. And you have to be okay with the move of God. So, hey coach, if we have a passion for creating designing things like clothing, music, or apps or things in general, how do we know if these things are part of our purpose? You know if it's a part of your purpose if you have a burden for it. What's the reason why you're doing it? You know you in the will of God if your reasons for doing it matches your re his reasons for you doing it. If it don't match, if there's any selfishness there, if there's any vanity there, it ain't the will of God. It ain't definitely in time for you to do it because your heart's not ready to do it. Consult God, consult your heart, and then you'll see what he wants you to do with your hands. Hope to help.
Coach, oh, thank you so much, Vanessa. Thank you so much. Melina says, Coach, I really appreciate all you do. God is good. God is truly working in you and through you. Thank you for your words of encouragement and wisdom. I pray God continue to bless you and your foundation of Thank you so much, Melina. It's it's good. It's if it's a it's it's good to do the will of God. I love it. I love it. And and I'm just glad that he made my heart the way that I had. Man, my heart was so toxic back in the day. It doesn't don't give me, don't get it twisted. I don't trust that heart. Don't get me wrong. I'm just glad that God is still molding that heart to produce what he wants me to produce and to help you all. It's a blessing to serve you all because I want to see y'all in heaven. I can't wait to sit up there. Whether I, If I see you down here, cool. But if I don't see you down here and I see you up there, I just want to be able to say, man, I'm glad we up here. <laughs> I'm just joking. But you know what I'm trying to say. Thank you so much for your encouraging words, Melina. I really appreciate that. Stephen, what's up, fam? How you feeling, bro? Sweet P says, hey, coach, my son just ran to get me and said, no man, no after hours. So glad to hear from you right on time. Hey, hey, out of the mouth of babes. You know what I'm saying? No man knows that. I'm coach going, I know, man. I got messages from people that's like, coach, where you at? And I ain't did a, I ain't did a Q&A video in almost two weeks. But the Holy Spirit is, he, 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 he's, he's uh, willing and ready to help you all every day. Renessi, what's going on? How you feeling? Hope I say your names right. Please forgive me if I didn't. Marissa says, how do you grow faith in God and surrender to him? Ooh. I got a sip of water on that because there's layers to that question. I mean, there's, there's layers of answers to that question. All right, let me answer that question for you. <clears throat> you grow in faith by understanding that faith is a muscle. Anybody who knows anything about muscles, they have to be worked out to in, in order for them to, to be maximized to the strength that they were uh, created for, right? So let's start with the first one. How do you grow in faith in God? Um, you grow in faith in God by <clears throat> examining his track record. Um, you grow in faith too. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Let's get scriptural first. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? That's faith first, number one. Uh, faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence thing not seen. Faith first, number two. Faith verse number three, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If anyone desires to draw near to God, he, they must first know that he uh, exists and that he's a reward of those diligently seek him, okay? The first verse, what was the first one I said? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith begins... With the word of God, the word of God becomes alive when you allow the living spirit of God to read it to you, when you allow your when you, you're you not pressed for time. And that's why it's cool to read your verses in the morning, but you got to make sure you set up time where you have in uninterrupted time in the word where, you're, where it's OK for your phone to be off, where you can be able to let the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the words that come off the page to build your faith. Also, there may be other resources the Bible uh, that the Holy Spirit will bring as far as teachers, teachers that are that are up under his teaching. See, there's a big difference between false teachers and teachers who are under the feet of the Holy Spirit. Right. Being taught by him, applying what he has taught to them so that they can have the, the credential or the credibility to teach others. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the more you begin to hear the word of God in his purest sense through the Holy Spirit and teachers who are submitted by the spirit of God, your faith will begin to build. And I always tell people, don't wait to tough times to build your faith. You got to build your faith in, in accordance. And, and, and 
even though athletes know when their 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 day of of performance occurs, because they know the day of performance, they train accordingly. But the Holy Spirit knows when the day of pressure, when the day of promotion comes, and He sets you up in a, in a regiment to build your faith. That's why when you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit to read your word, the feel unction spirit to watch a video, the spirit of, spirit of unction, He's preparing you in an area. To build your faith by hearing the word of God. See, the word of God is food to the spirit. Oh, when I get in the word of God, I feel like my spirit man is drinking a glass of cold water. I feel like my spirit man is sat there with some candy yams, some dressing, some macaroni and cheese. You see what I'm saying? Some, some, some turkey. And some cranberries, whatever cranberry, whatever things called. I don't even really like it, but it goes with Thanksgiving. It feeds the spirit, man, because you are only as strong as your spirit, man. You can be fit, you can be whatever, you could be in a season of happiness, but in, when life hits, it's that spirit that sustains you. Your spirit being submitted to the spirit of God is in you. Faith comes by hearing, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You got to make sure that you allow the Holy Spirit tune your ears to the right things to hear, right? The next scripture is faith is the substance. That faith is substance. Faith is substance and it's evidence things hold for. All of us are walking by faith. Right now, putting my faith in this chair because of the faithful track record of this couch allows me to have faith in it. And the best way to build faith in God is to examine his track record and say, man, God, and journal God's faith. To build your faith in the beginning, I want you to journal it. I want you to think what before you go to sleep at night, write down how God was faithful to you and put the date. So when you find yourself in a tough time or approaching a tough time or you're going through some things, you can go to that journal and say, yep, God was there for me January 6th on this day. God was there for me November 20th. And write down tough, write down the tough things that you're going through. And then as you begin to journal, you'll begin to see just how God grew you from that tough place and built yourself up in a greater faith. And Bible also, the Bible also, another thing, another scripture is build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, man, that's a gift from the gift of the Spirit of God. The Bible talks about to edify you. It, it builds you up. It, it, it electrifies you. So those things are paramount to grow your faith in God. Number one, uh, make sure you go to read the Holy Spirit with you and the Spirit of God and make sure you listen to teachings that he sends your way. Number two, um, you have to um, journal God's faithful track record in your life so that you can have, because when you leave stuff in your mind, it's hard for you to revert back to it. No, you got to write that thing in paper so you can go back through that journal like, wow. And watch as you look over God's track record in that faithful journal, you're like, man, God, you... <laughs> You was there for me on Wednesday at that time, this day, this day, and then you will see your faith grow. Um, and also, you got to know that he exists for your situation. The Bible says, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Like, God is not pleased by with people who don't have faith. Like, you, that's imagine if for anyone who has kids, I always get this analogy, or, or, or anyone that looks up to me, like, if they ever look at me and say, I don't think you can do it. And I'm like, bruh. You saying I can't pick up that five pound bag? I'm going to be in my feelings. What you mean you don't believe I can't pick up that bag? I am well able. And you want to go to that person? And, and, and that's how God feels like. You don't believe that, that I am able 
to take care of your situation is not that believers don't believe that God exists. They believe he exists. Most people just don't know if he exists for their specific situation that they're going through. You got to change your mind in that going through a faithful track record, re getting deep in the word of God so that when those moments occur, oh, God is well able to help me in this situation. Now, surrendering to him takes you to really looking inside of yourself and saying, yo, man, what is keeping me from surrendering to him? Because when you make resources your source, you will find yourself depleted. Hope to help for that. Let me keep going because I went too long on that. <clears throat> and Nick says, was asked at least four times during Thanksgiving why I'm still single and I'm so involved in church. How to deal with that? Um, I Tell people that's your business. People want you some, some, the, let me tell you this. The reason why people always ask why you're single and why you don't have nobody. Number two, they probably envy your singleness. Most people who always got something to say about why you ain't got nobody envy your life. There's a lot of married people that, that wants you to be <laughs> in pain like them. They want you, uh, because a lot of people don't like seeing what they should be doing. So what happens is you involved with your church, you are thriving, you're growing in the things of God, you're able to do whatever God wants you to do. And some people make those kind of comments because of one of two reasons. Number one, they envy where you are. Or number two, they're too involved in who you are. There's some people that's just like parents, they're just too involved. Like they, they want grand, but most people ask those kind of questions because, because either they don't like their life or number two, um, um, what's the word I was going to say? They don't, they don't like your life or they envy your life, or they're, or they're selfish with your life. And so what that means is they're trying to live vicariously through your life, so they want grandbabies so bad that they're trying to push you to either be where they are in pain or to give them something to continue to uh, uh, pursue life. So when people ask those kind of questions, don't take it personally. Um, um, be confident. And 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 uh, what God wants you to do right now, and don't allow the opinions of others to make you allow your mind to sink in. Oh, I have nobody. Maybe they are right. Maybe I shouldn't be so involved in church. Nah, you keep doing the will of God, and then be because people always got something to say, and let them keep talking. But do not allow what they say to come in his ear and come down to your heart. Let it go bloop bloop out in one ear, out the other. Was asked at least four times during Thanksgiving why I'm still single and I'm so involved in church. They need to be involved in church probably too. How to deal with that? Number one, how to deal with it. Let me see if I can sharpen my blade. D-E-A-L. How to deal with it. D, you got to... Um, I ain't going to challenge myself right now. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm about to see if I can sharpen my blade. But how to deal with that practically, number one, realize... Oh, that you have a divine purpose for your singleness. Here we go. Here we go. D, no, establish or renew, um, reassure yourself that you have a divine purpose for your singleness. E, engage in your fellowship with church. Engage with the word of God. Engage in your purpose. Know that you have a divine assignment for your singleness and that that is going to help you position you for your, your uh, 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 future relationship engage with the Holy Spirit, bump everything else, engage with the Holy Spirit and engage with your purpose. Um, um, a, um, I just forget it. Just, just deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Just deal with it. And knowing that you have a divine purpose and that God, it, it has a purpose for you and that he has a person for you. 
Most people, they pressure you in with a person that had nothing to do with your purpose, and then you find yourself locked out of it. Don't even worry about it, man. Let them keep talking while you keep walking. Hope that helps. Tell Traps, what's up, nephew? Hola. Tori J. Oh, y'all encourage each other. Okay. How do you allow God to guide you about being single for over a year? <clears throat> you have a purpose for your singleness. You have a purpose for your singleness. Single Marriage is not better than singleness, nor is singleness better than marriage. They all have their own unique purpose. Because there's some people who's going to be single all the days of life because they have the gift of singleness. They, they don't have a desire to be married, right? So what you have to understand is there's a divine purpose for your singleness, that you have a purpose for your singleness, that God wants you single so that you can be uh, focused. What happens oftentimes is that um, we do not capitalize on the purpose of our singleness. Therefore, we are um, not in rhythm in our in our married lives or in our next phase of our lives. So what I mean by that is if you take care of the assignment of your singleness, then you will be set up for the assignment of your marriage, right? Because when you understand your assignment of your singleness and that you are married to Christ, that you're connected to Christ, that you bonded to him with a purpose, then that will carry over into your marriage. And then you will have the perspective and the poise that you need to be productive in your marriage. Listen, if I did not maximize the purpose of my singleness, I would be uh, I would be a hindrance to my wife. If I listen, guess what I did with my singleness? Number one, I wrote six books. Two card games, two courses, 1500 videos, probably a hundred or so worksheets. You see what I'm saying? I did so much with my singleness, even with my singleness, I was able to, to understand it through my errors. And now when I got into my marriage, not only not only am I I have the perspective of God, not only am I submitted to God, and not only do am I surrounded by uh, right accountability, not only all those different things, but I'm I was able to provide my household with residual income, streams of financial incomes to help support my family, um, and in a mindset that has a mission for my marriage. So all those if all those things that I experienced in that singleness. I'm talking about the dating years, the the, the, eight, the years of that you could get married. So you're talking about what, 18 to when I met my wife, uh, I can't remember, 27, 28. Those years, man, were they all perfect? No, but I was productive for most of it. And that productivity in my singleness uh, uh, set me up to be of help to my wife. So many of us, because of what we did in our singleness, we are more of a hindrance to a person than a help to a person. Debt. Um, baby mama drama, baby daddy drama. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 sicknesses, diseases, overweight, underweight. How you how you practice in your single life will determine how you perform in your married life. And so what we have to understand is that we cannot uh, look at our life and be like, and singleness and be like, woe is me. No, let me work on me. You see what I'm saying? Not no, woe is me, work on me. Let me build myself. Let me make myself valuable. Because some of y'all, if you can really be honest with yourselves, and I know people be like, man, you kind of harsh towards singleness. I'm not harsh towards singleness. Single, I'm harsh towards everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because, because we got to get right mentally. We just got to get right mentally. You see what I'm saying? So what I would tell anybody is, 
work on you because a lot of people are no good for somebody, but they looking for somebody. Why are you looking for somebody? And you know, you're not even, you're not, you don't have nothing good to offer that person, but more headache, more drama, more issues, daddy issues, mommy issues, ex-boyfriend issues, ex-girlfriend issues. And you want somebody, the more you get caught up on wanting somebody, you distract yourself from working on you becoming that somebody that somebody needs. So to navigate your singleness over a year, you got to have amnesia. You got to forget about what happened. You know, got to got to heal from what happened in your relationship, but you can't be consumed with it. Now you got to get on a sheet of paper and say, "Put single my uh, my single life." I want you to write down the good, the bad, and the ugly of who you are right now. What makes you? What 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 are some good attributes of yourself? I got a book right here. Another book for y'all: the purpose of singleness. This book right here is a powerful book and it help you really process who you are as an individual. Are you whole or are you full of holes? Why would God pour something in your life when he knows that his blessings will leak out of you? So you got to look at it. And I'm working on a card game right now that goes with this. I'm working on a card game, another resource book to go with this because there's a lot of singles that, that needs assistance. But you have to look at your life and say the good, the bad and the ugly. What can I really another sheet of paper you can do is activities in the book. You can also say, OK, um, what do I offer right now and what do the person I need need for me to offer? There's a lot of different things you got to process. And I got a game, another book that I'm working on that's going to help you guys with that as I work on the other book stuff that I'm working on. Um, but there's a purpose for your singleness, my friends. It's a purpose for your singleness. And it's not about marriage. It, it, marriage is a part of it. We're talking about purpose. Your singleness is for you to find the person of God, to uh, to develop you as a person of God, and to find your purpose. And as, as you find your purpose, then your person will come, and then promotion will come, and then prosperity will come. When I mean my prosperity, I'm not talking about millions. I'm just talking about things that will help you. Uh, a better perspectives will come. A lot of things will come as you find the person of God, as you allow the person of God to make you a person of God. Right? You know what I'm saying? And then you find your purpose. And then as you find your purpose, that's what that time is for. That time of you being alone is for you to find God, to find yourself and to find your purpose. And then in doing so, the other stuff will find you. That's what I be trying to tell people. Like if you the think we're looking for the wrong things, you got to look, you gotta look to look to the heavens, look to the mountains, which come your help. The help coming from the Lord. Look to the heavens, right? Look to him for help. Find him and, and allow him to find you so that you can find yourself so that you can find your purpose and then everything else will find you. Your man will find you. Your lady will find the place where you will find her. You see what I'm saying? All this stuff happens when other things are in order. But if you don't know the purpose of your singleness, the purpose of your singleness is for you to be ready for the next level. Whatever that level is. Wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It just means responsible. It means I'm able for the next level. I may not be perfect for the next label, but I'm positioned for the next level because my, my hope and my trust is in God. Hope that helps. Get the book, The Purpose of Singleness on Amazon right now. 
Joshua Ezzy, and that book will help you. And I'm working on a card game right now, a fun game for, for individuals to really find out if they're whole or full of holes and how to, to develop themselves. And I'm trying to figure out the Holy Spirit wants me to write a resource book to go with it. Um, but uh, look for that next year, Lord willing, and we'll get those things out there for you. Um, how do you allow God to guide you about being single for over a year? Let me make sure I get proud. How you allow him is to say, God, show me the purpose for right now. Show me the purpose. And I think you have a follow-up question. Now men are pursuing, but I see that I am still healing. Um, Just keep saying no. Make sure you find the value of your no and why you should say no. Your mindset has to be solid because if not, you'll be saying yes to things you should be saying no to. All right. Renese says, I think I said your name right. Please forgive me if I didn't. How do you know if God is calling you and someone you met at church to start dating? How do you know? Right now, we know that you don't know because you're asking. Anytime you have to ask a question, uh, you're not confident. Never move on that. So to practically to help you with this is, is find something to do with your idle time. Being preoccupied with your purpose helps you not being overly consumed with a person, right? Um, I know you guys go to the same church. Uh, I wouldn't start dating until you know that you know that you know that you know. I got a video on my on my YouTube channel that talks about counterfeit versus counterparts. I think it was I think it's what it's called. Um, or uh, just type in counterfeit and Joshua Ezzy, and then you'll find videos that talks about counterfeits, right? And then you'll be able to see, okay, here are some red flags. Here are some signs uh, to help me see if this is the will of God or not. But I would not even allow yourself to pursue it or be pursued by an individual until you know from God. And so, um, so what I would do if y'all are, if y'all are, if y'all like each other right now, what I would do is I would just have a conversation. Like, look right now, I like you. Uh, uh, I like you, but I love God more. I love myself more and I want to make sure I'm in the will of the living God, Um, because if I'm in the will of living God, I will always have the life that I need for that specific thing. Um, I always have life for my salvation. That's 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 not a problem. When it comes to my marriage, when it comes to my future, I want to make sure I'm in his will because there's safety there and there's purpose there. So I think we should just be cool, be friends and uh, don't even pray about it. Just go about your life, because sometimes when we pray about things. Um, what I mean by praying about it, don't be, don't be like, let's pray about this together. You go over, that's cool in some regards, but sometimes it could be dangerous, you know, because then that person, what if that person heard a yes and you heard a no, but then that person's more persuasive than you. And all of a sudden that person persuades you back in. So you just got to know for yourself and it takes time. And, um, you can, you got to love God and love yourself more than you love anyone else. Or you ain't going to be able to love anyone else. You got to love God and yourself more than you love anyone else. You got to love God and yourself more than you love anyone else. You got to love God, love yourself more than you love anyone else, period. Or you will overly become infatuated with somebody else. No, you have to love God yourself more than you love anyone else. Or you won't be able to love them correctly. That'll help you right there. I got time for two more, y'all. Now I got to go. Omega Child says, please pray for me. I'm tired of watching 
uh, pornographers. I got you, fam. Um, I got a lot of videos on pornography. Um, just go to type in my name. Well, Josh Wes, and I think just type in porn or lust or sex, and you'll see a lot of videos of mine. Um, but to practically help you, we men and women watch pornography due to self-esteem or due to seeking for esteem. Low self-esteem le leads to seeking for esteem, right? So now uh, if you can't get it with, with this person, or but, but then you can customize your own uh, fantasy for the night visually, you see what I'm saying? And that becomes dangerous because it only sinks you deeper into low self-esteem or seeking for esteem. And then when you look at about time you've done what you've done, you're back in the same cycle. It's only a brief moment of escape. Um, but let me pray for you now. Father, I thank you for my brother right now for his full deliverance. I pray, Father God, that you'll lead him uh, uh, to accountability where he's willing and uh, willing and ready to be held accountable, to be checked on by men who are strong in that area or a, a lady or a gentleman. A gentleman, I believe, Elijah. Okay. I pray for Elijah right now, Lord, that you will surround him with men that will hold him up. I pray, Father God, you are through your spirit will lead him um to the to the source of these issues, the, the, the conception of this issue in his life, so that he'll begin to deal with those different things. So the symptoms of pornography will lose him in Jesus' name. And we thank the Lord for the deliverance coming at his doorstep now. And we know that it's in work for his favor, and we believe by faith. And every demonic spirit that's around my brother Elijah, you hear my voice right now. I command to lose him now in the name of Jesus. He will give full deliverance. I come against every spirit of low self-esteem. And, and it's the spirit of self-hate, spirit of, of jealousy, spirit of envy, spirit of lust. I command to lose him now in Jesus' name. He will be set free and filled up for no other future demonic entrance. And we, and I pray, Lord, I turn my attention back to you, Father, that his strength would be made because of you, and I pray to his joy being you so that he will never have to find or seek for a self-esteem builder in this form of self-esteem building. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. It's going to happen for you, my brother. Happen for me. My nine-year-old son has dreams of heaven. He is very descriptive and detailed. Do people have visions through dreams? Yeah. People have very vivid visions. He, you got yourself a dreamer. You got your, um, what I would do now as his, as his parent is what I would do is I would begin to study um, the gifts of the spirit and 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 start praying for uh, wisdom and how to nurture and guide him into molding that gift because he got a powerful gift on him. And, and what I mean by gifts, no gift is more powerful than the other, but he has a very specific gift uh, that you as a parent, the Holy Spirit can lead you in how to help him mold not only his natural gifts, but his spiritual gifts, setting him up for success to, uh, because the, the quicker we get our children to understand their spiritual gifts, to understand who they are, the more, um, the better they will be set off for life. Do people have vision? Yep, they do. And your son um, has a special gift and the Holy Spirit. I will study the nine gifts of the spirit and to study the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead you on how to help mold that area uh, in his life, paced by him, of course, but I'm paced by the Holy Spirit so that, so that young man um, can grow in that gift and be used to edify other believers with that gift. Great questions, y'all. Last question. Uh, and I got to go. I got to go, y'all.
last questions and I'm I'm back in rhythm, Lord willing, uh, with these videos. Um, I do have maybe two or three other video ideas in regards to how to discern uh, false teachers, false prophets, how to examine fruit, how to build your discernment. Um, I just want to make sure you all are more equipped in those areas so that you're able to um, navigate this very dense false teaching era that we're going through right now. How to get over someone who's ghosted you, who was a Christian and said that the Holy Spirit told me to do it that way. Do you believe the Holy Spirit would do that? It just depends. I'm not saying what I mean by depends. It just depends. Like if that person was like, uh, I just, I feel, let me say it like this. Most of the time, people put God's name on stuff to keep you from questioning their decisions, their actions. A lot of people will say, well, God told me. Then that naturally makes the other person black. Well, if God told you, cool. But time proves whether or not God told him or not. So what I would do right now, I wouldn't even worry about what they did. And I wouldn't even worry about who they said told them to do it. Time will let you know why it happened, right? Um, if it's a relationship situation where that person ghosted you um, and that person said, listen, listen, listen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm talking about ghosts. If a person, it depends, because only you know this. If a person only tells you the Holy Spirit told them to do that, but are not willing enough to have a conversation, <clears throat> then tip, then chances are it might be an excuse. But if that person came to you and told you why the Holy Spirit told them this or why they're making this decision, but you're upset about it, then you got to get over it. But if that person just ghosted you and then whatever, then that person, people, people got character flaws. I do not respect men or women who talk behind other people's backs, but won't face that person. If you're man enough or woman enough to say something behind somebody's back or to do things and ghost people and whatever, and you're not man enough and woman enough to go to that person and say, look, this is why I'm doing it then you got some character issues. I think we all got to get better at uh, understanding that there will be confrontations, that there will be hard conversations, but you have to have them uh, because people who are willing to have the, the tough conversations uh, have a, a solid character in that area because they no matter where, no matter if their care for you has dried up, they still care enough for you to make sure that they're honest with you. Now, just be glad that they're not in your life because if they were meant to be in your life, they would be in your life. But if they're not in your life, then you got to rejoice and keep it moving that the one that will never leave you or forsake you is there uh, uh, in your life now. Now, do you believe the Holy Spirit will do that? Do I believe the Holy Spirit will tell a person to, to um, leave and bounce and be like, get out the way? Yeah, but I think he'll also make sure um, it depends. It depends. If, if, if It just depends. I think he'll also help the other person understand too. So what I would do is I wouldn't even worry about if the Holy Spirit told him or not, because then you're looking for closure. You're going to be trying to investigate. Don't even worry about investigate, investigating it. Don't even worry about it. what you do is Holy Spirit, help me heal with this. Help me heal from this. Because the more you worry about what God told the person, then the, whole, the enemy will creep in your mind and, and warp your view of God. Now you start thinking that God is a hider and that he just tells, makes everyone do this. No, don't worry about it. Don't even worry about why that person did what they did. They did it. And let them go about their business. And if they wasn't men enough or women enough to, to give you the words that they need, anybody who ghosts you and did, did not have a conversation with you, then let them be let them be with the ghost that they they they're looting the ghost you and let them and just let them grow up. 
and you got to grow up and, and move away from it. So ghosted meaning that they just they didn't have no conversation with you. They just disappeared. One day, one week, they was all in your face, and then all of a sudden they disappeared. So their patterns are different. They're 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 not talking as much. They're not calling as much. They just bounce and they ain't even get you know closure, no conversation. Those type of people need to grow up. Because if you was all up in my face, all up in my life, and then you bounce and don't have no conversation with me, I think you soft. We gotta be able to have conversations, even if there's confrontation. Hope that help. Yeah, you go. Ghosting means they stop communicating with, without giving reason. That's it. Evening coach tuning in from the UK. Thank you for watching. Can you do a video on holy days to be celebrated, remembered versus holidays that the world as well as most followers of Christ actually celebrate? Good question. <clears throat> uh, that has popped. That's on my list of videos to make um, because a lot of these things on pagan days um, that a lot of people are 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 setting themselves up to be infiltrated or influenced by demonic activity and demonic energy that is that happens on these Black Sabbaths and happens on these days of witch work and devil work. You know what I'm saying? And so when the Holy Spirit leads me to do it, I will do it. But I, I, I see what you're saying. And when he leads me to do it, I'll do it for sure. Let's see what else we got. Marissa, if anything isn't of God's will, it's not for you. That's right. Y'all keep encouraging. That's good. We were talking for a couple of weeks. Okay. The Holy Spirit gives us. Y'all good. I don't, I don't see all the questions, really. Love you guys. I got to go. Um, Get ready for service tomorrow and <clears throat> all that good stuff. I pray these videos are a blessing to you. Um, The books that we talked about today, The Purpose of Singleness, is available on my website as well. Uh, The Purpose of Freedom talking about uh, soul ties and strongholds. I got a book called Dating Prep. It's a card game that goes with it. And it's questions from my card game. And it's explanations with it. Uh, my card game, Dating Prep, is available. It's a dating prep for every stage of the relationship, even for married people, because you don't stop dating each other. It's because you're married. Um, but there's a cloud phase, the cement phase, and the corporation phase. I got another game called Memory Muscle. That goes with this book here. It's a memory verse game. Uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Uh, and that is a fun way to memorize scripture individually and with groups. All those resources on my website, Iamunplugged.com. Iamunplugged.com. All the resources are there. Uh, unfortunately, they're all not in the same place. Now, all my books are on Amazon. All my card games are on the um, card site. Um, but we're working on getting those card games on Amazon. <clears throat> Uh, uh, two courses, uh, t-shirts, apparel. I'm thinking about putting these, uh, wristbands back out. Unplugged. Uh, a lot of different things I'm working on. Um, uh, um, uh, but know that in 2020 is going to be resource heavy. Um, cause I, I want to be a resource hub for you all, helping you all grow in the things of God and make sure that y'all are ready for these days that are coming, uh, that you won't lose heart or lose faith in God. Uh, the Bible says the days weren't shortened, even as very elect will be deceived. Um, so we are in those days where a lot of false things are happening that a lot of believers are not able to discern. And that's my responsibility, help y'all to be able to distinguish between what's real, what's fake, but ultimately building yourself up in your most holy faith so that you can do the faithful work of God. 
Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Website for all the resources you can give to our mentoring program starting. We, uh, we This is our fourth year in our mentoring program, and we need your help. Uh, financially, help us with um, two schools. Um, we'll be in my elementary school, uh, but the middle school, because we have three three groups of kids who are all now in middle school now, and that middle school wants our program there. However, we can do with the man and woman power that we have. So we'll love your help. We prepare that education. Um, as our mentoring program and all that good stuff. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, Timestamps will be below. Um, you can listen to this over and over again. Uh, hope y'all be blessed. See y'all hopefully tomorrow, but definitely next week. Love y'all. Peace.